Good day and welcome to the Tech Central Podcast. My name is Daniel Robus. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by Nick Lassinger, CTO of Euphoria. Euphoria Telecoms is a South African-based, cloud-based, cost-effective business telephony system and service that offers great control and automated operational efficiency. They're servicing over 4,000 customers in South Africa and continue to grow rapidly. Um, We're going to dive into a little bit more about Euphoria and answer the question, a telephone is a telephone is a telephone or is it? But first, let's get to know Nick. As the CTO, Nick, you've been in the company for a while, but you really kicked off your career in 2005 as a tech entrepreneur, where you started Next Big Thing. You've been doing seminars on future technology. You've been talking to customers, founding companies. You've been closing and selling. You've been all over. Have you found a home in Euphoria or are you building it to the next level and then handing over to a youngster? What's the plan? Well, thank you very much, Daniel. It's lovely to be here. Euphoria has actually surprised me greatly by how much like home it does feel like. It was one of the first questions that I had to deal with amongst the teams when joining was a lot of people looked at my history and went, but you've you've done this thing of building and selling companies. Is that what's on the cards yeah. for us? And I said, well, actually, no. I've done what I wanted to do and needed to do with the business when I found that I was no longer adding value to them, then I wanted to move on to something else. But so far, I'm now three and a half years in for Euphoria, and I don't really see an end to it at this point in time, I must be honest. It's an interesting space to be in, and I moved into cellular, and when I moved out, it was like, everything else is so slow. Is telephony the same? Is it fast-paced, high-action environment? Oh, very definitely. I accidentally fell into to telephony. It was a thing way back in 2005 odd when they legalized VoIP in South Africa. And I was running a small support business at the time. And we were looking for ways to differentiate ourselves. We were looking for value adds to bring to customers, but also so we create new revenue streams for ourselves. It's the eternal challenge of a support business is that you only have so many hours to sell. And how do you create more revenue above and beyond that? And with the legalization of VoIP in South Africa, I kind of got a bee in my bonnet about this little box that sat on the wall in all these offices and Telcom did absolutely nothing for it. And there was a service that just ticked over and they paid good money for it. And I was like, well, why can't we do that? And so I started dabbling a little bit in IPT Levany and that grew stronger and stronger because... uh, the company I was with at the time, they, they were dabbling in telephone systems as well. And then I said, well, hang on a second, maybe we can look at some cost savings. And this whole premium cell thing was just burgeoning at the time. And I thought, well, hang on a second, if you can do a least cost routing across one connection, one line to one provider, what if you could make that more ubiquitous? What if you could have it across multiple or wow. any connection or any destination and still be saving money? So we started pushing in that direction. And the new National Credit Act came out and suddenly the banks shut down on financing telephone systems and cost became even more of a consideration for companies. So we were more under pressure to try to save people more money. And so we said, hang on a second, instead of them buying a telephone system that they put on the wall and we save them money like that, what if we actually pivoted this whole thing into a service, telephony as a service? And 
we took that system I built in the cloud that was doing that least cost routing and we started actually converting it into a full-blown PBX. And with that, we created this new thing in South Africa. And at yeah. the same time, weirdly enough, we came across this other company called Euphoria. Yeah who had had a very similar idea at about the same time. So we sat down around a table, I remember it quite clearly, it was a, a little restaurant up the road. I'm not allowed, sure if I should allowed to say names here, but uh, it was a little Delfornos. Is it good? Oh, Delfornos, fantastic. For our audience um, who's not South African, great pizzas, great wine, good restaurants. Well, we, had a, we had a breakfast with a gentleman by the name of George Golding, and myself and my business partner, John Willem, we were sitting there having breakfast with this gentleman. And I was just like, mm, not sure about this. this you know, this, this guy's our competition. Why are we here? And John and George actually went back quite a way already. And they were good friends. And so we sat down and we had a chat and we had breakfast. And we asked, you know, what challenges were each of us experiencing at the time? And it was in the lead up to the Soccer World Cup that South Africa was hosting. And there was a lot of work starting to be done on infrastructure within South Africa. And so that was one of the catalysts that allowed us to create Safety as a Service in South Africa and created this friendly competition between ourselves as a company called Fat Budgie and Euphoria, who was our biggest competition. John and I, about three and a half years later, decided we wanted to explore further. So we decided to move on from Takbaji and we sold out and joined another company called Fleek, who was building a, or was trying to pivot into the annuity space, a call center, hosted call center as a service. And we spent five years there building up the business and getting it to a point where we sold it to a listed entity. And I always said to John that the day we appoint an HR manager is the day I need to leave because, you know, uh, it's now becoming a corporate and I'm not really yeah. sure about that space. Yeah. And we got to that point and this listed entity bought the business. They went, ah, fantastic. You can, you can come join us. And I'm like, mm, no, no, I think I'm good. Thanks. I think we'll wander along. And pretty much at about the same time, the founders, George and Conrad and Raf, kind of approached us and said, you know what, guys, we've been watching this develop over the last number of years, and you guys have worked in the same space very similarly to us, and we want to take this business to the next level. You know, what if all the pioneers for IP telephony and for VoIP in South African telephony as a service in South Africa were on the same team? And we went, well, that could be very interesting because, you know, we're all quite different people, but... We have navigated these waters. So they said, okay, well, you know, we'd like to step away operationally and focus more on the strategy side. And we said, okay, well, fantastic. Let's see if we can grow this thing. And suddenly I found myself in my greatest competition's arms and going, well, this actually works out quite nicely. And so we've had a very interesting time over the last three and a half years odd. Yeah. And um, suddenly I find myself having an HR department and looking at growing this business to something much larger and even global. Oh, that is fantastic. What a great story. Tell me, this podcast, who is this aimed at for you? Who would you like to listen to this from a perspective of understanding more about Euphoria? It's not just about Euphoria, although Euphoria, I do believe, has a lot to offer people. It's mm. more about what people can do for themselves. Okay. 
And it's one of those things that particularly small business owners, and that's generally been our target market. We do a number of large players as well, but it's I particularly find with smaller businesses, the line item on your expense list of telephony becomes this almost grudge purchase. It's something that gets ignored. It's mm. something that just, oh, you know what? We have people have to be able to phone us. And, you mm. know, uh, we, we've got a phone and it rings and I answer it. And, well, that's, you know, I get a, and I get up mm. for a bill at the end of the month and I pay it and I, and I move on. And it's it's a line that we ignore, and it's a line that we think that we can do nothing about. And you know, often engaging in conversations with small business owners and say, well, what is your system doing for you? Mm. How mm. is it improving your business? And they kind of get this very confused look on your face. I mean, what what do you mean? It's a telephone. It makes mm. and receives phone calls. Mm. And I was chatting to a friend the other day, and I said, well, you know, the very same sort of thinking was prevalent in the cellular space not too long ago. Yeah, you had a device. It made and received phone calls. And if you were lucky, you could play Snake. Uh, and if you were really bored, you, you could see if you could drive a truck over it. But other than that, you know, what did you do with it? Not, not much. And, and somebody kind of came up with the idea of, well, well, hang on a second, what if it did more? And that's exactly the space that we've been pushing for the last 11 years now. It says, what if it did more for you? Okay. What if it added more to your business? Okay, so we are talking to people who want to innovate in their business with an existing environment, and we are talking more to the SME kind of owners outside of the big corporates who have probably got something in place here. If you want to differentiate yourself and how you're using an expense line item, listen in now. So let's focus. Well, isn't it all about just taking and making phone calls? How does life change by working with Euphoria for your customers? Taking a telephony system out of the physical premises and putting it in the cloud is firstly, uh, it's been a very interesting journey because, you know, people have literally looked up at the sky when we've talked to them about it initially. And, and it was a, a great evolution in the, sort of the, the 2010, 2011, 2012 era of people going, you want to do what with my phones? But I need a phone on my desk. No, you, know, you still have a phone on your desk. It, it will look the same and it will act the same for you. But the system itself won't be on the wall in that back room. It will be somewhere else in the cloud, in a data center, hosted environment. And getting over that mindset, going, well, okay, but why would I want to do that? You know, I feel comfortable with that box that I can see. It, it's, a, it's a thing that I know what I'm paying for. I can physically go and touch it. And so coming from that sort of mindset and, and talking to people, like, why would you want it in the cloud? That was our first kind of port of call for where are we adding value? And say, well, if it's sitting in the cloud, it also doesn't matter where you're sitting which is a very funny place for us to be right now because it seems to have come very much full circle. Here we are back in 2020, 2021, and going to people going, guys, you also don't have to be in your office. And particularly now when we don't want to be in the office and going, everyone go home, having a cloud-based telephony system is quite powerful. It also means that you can leverage your operational costs. So things okay. like having a single system across multiple branches, if you're that fortunate, or being able to spin up a new branch, but you don't necessarily need to hire things like a receptionist for your new branch in Pottersdorf because that call can get answered in Joburg and pass through to people in Pottersdorf, your operational people on the ground there, if you want, so want to do. You know, taking it further and saying, well, what about having your inter-extension calls across your branches between your people that they can phone each other as an inter-extension call, it's free, which is great, 
particularly if they are sitting in different branches. But what if it was a step further than that? What if you took mm. that into a, I'm going to put your extension onto the mobile device that sits in your pocket, mm. and you're still phoning from the office, you're still phoning from your extension, you're still phoning your colleague free of charge, you're still wow. phoning your customer coming from your office number, still wow. as an official call. Your office is paying the bill. I don't know if you've ever had the, the absolute joyous event of having to submit cell phone claims to the company of going, I made that call and I made that call and I made that call. Why are we doing that? Why on earth would we want to do that when I can just phone from my extension? It's coming from the office PBX. It's phone from the office telephone system. I don't have to claim it. It's on their bill. And wow. it's official call. They can see who I phoned. They know the costs of what I've spent. And if the guy wants to phone me back, he can phone me instead of phoning me on my cell phone number. Now that, that the entire world knows my cell phone number, they can phone me on my direct office line. Yeah. You know, I've got a real life case of that. I went to a sports store. Now I'm looking for a specific brand of running shoe and waited for 15 minutes while they phoned the branches where the system said they had stock. First of all, I need to give them a new stock control system. And the second thing is they need your system because we were dialing each time, PE, Durban, Cape Town, and holding on as if we were phoning from outside the office. So you're saying it's just an extension call now on the PABX as well, which is, I mean, that's not new. We know that the on-prem PABXs can do it, but you're saying there's, there's a step of innovation in here, which is the hardware is irrelevant to the customer now. Yes. Wow. Yes. And that's where we started. And that was the whole idea of going, okay, let's make it a single system across the board. So you can oh. get your cost savings. You can get okay. your, all, all the things that you do that comes with that. And you go, okay, well, then how do we, how do we go from there? How do we add more value after yeah. that? How do we make this more powerful? Well, okay, let's take away the hardware out of this. Okay, well, yeah. now the hardware is irrelevant. But it's also about the control of the system. Because okay. your traditional telephony systems kind of very much boxed you into a, well, now you're an eight-user system. Yeah. And if you reached your eight users and now you've yeah. got a ninth user, now you're like, well, now you have to have a 16-user system, but I don't have 16 people. I've got nine. And then that person, unfortunately, possibly fell off the bus and then and went somebody else. So now you're back to down to eight people, but you've got a 16-user system. Now you're like, but I didn't even now need a 16-user system. Mm. So that scale up, scale down, because very few businesses don't work in seasonal ebbs and flows. Mm. 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 But yeah. do you understand that environment? Do you understand how that traffic looks? Do you understand what your needs are? In I mean, there are very particular businesses that experience this to the extreme. And if you look at places that supply things like flowers and stuff like that, and I'm sure a number of companies pop into your head about yeah. online ordering systems that you can order flowers for somebody. But around Valentine's Day, they have an enormous amount of load, an enormous amount of requirement. But a week later, they don't. Nick, you've been in telephony and communication for a long, long time. What is one of the things that irritates you when you watch people going in to do a sell and they're selling to an IT manager? What is the thing that we as prospects just don't get about this environment? Thank you for the long, long time thing. I didn't feel that old, but appreciate that. But I think the thing that irritates me about salespeople is the setting a feature, okay. not talking to a business owner. You're like, what is, what is it that this guy sitting opposite me needs? What do they want? What would be useful to them? 
I mean, you can sit down, you can go, and the system can do this, and the system can do that. But how is that exciting? <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. come on. That's, this is not the 1980s anymore. We don't sell features. We don't sell boxes. We sell solutions to people. It's got to fit them. It's got to be able to be useful to them and work for them. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm. And if you think about what we are trying to sell to them, Nick, do you think the customers understand what their pains are or is a lot of it hidden from a telephony perspective? It's just that's how it's always been done. Do you do a lot of change management in the organization? I think a lot of people don't know what's possible. So they default to what they do know and they go, uh, you know, it used to work like this, so I want it to work like this. Okay. And, and again, I think that comes down to partly the sales function is that did you tell the guy that okay. he can do more? Okay. Did, did you investigate that with him? Okay. So euphoria is more about the holistic view of connectivity than just making and receiving phone calls. That's becoming clear. So if we're on an expansion program and moving out, one less worry is the telephony. The telephony is sorted now. Our communications, we can issue business cards and we can get people contacting us via the web, via all the channels, including voice, which is a really compelling idea. If we go back completely off-piste again, as a leader of yourself, what's one of the things that you bring to the party that's always there, no matter where you go? What's that secret in the source that makes people want Nick to be part of their team? I suppose one of my biggest strengths would be that I'm very objective. I'm objective to the point that I will sacrifice a lot, even my own personal feelings, to be objective about something. And I'm very passionate about understanding what and how things work, including systems and processes. So I get mocked quite frequently for some of my pet phrases, things like, let's quantify that. Understanding what something is and not just having a perception of it, but unpacking it and realizing how it exactly affects us, not just going, Oh, uh, knee-jerk reaction, and let's run off in a different direction. So I'm very passionate about automating things. I'm very passionate about people doing what people do best, and that's dealing with people and not dealing with maintenance rote tasks. Yeah, so those are the things that I like to touch on. We are, as a business, I suppose, not just me, it's beyond myself. It's the whole team, and it was something that I came into with Euphoria. It's very much ingrained in the culture of it. And, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of thinking around culture and what it can do for a business. And we very much buy into the philosophy that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm. Not that mm. we don't have strategy, but we are very, very intent that we live and breathe our culture. And that comes down into things like growth and making sure that we are growing, our teams are growing, our people are growing, and that we can then put aside our feelings and our defensiveness and go, okay, oh, damn, we could have done that better. Let's look at it and do it better and look at the ways that we can improve as individuals and as a business. So what is the euphoria experience that I would get? If you come into my business and we are putting in a solution, what is the euphoria experience? The euphoria experience should be somebody holding your hand all the way. Somebody's got to be giving you some guidance. Somebody's got to be giving you some advice because 
one of the very old sayings that has been floating around for years and years and years is that the customer is always right. And it's sometimes it's a misnomer because the customer is sometimes misguided or, or confused or misinformed. In my view, it's like going to the doctor. I don't really go to the doctor to tell him what, what's wrong with me. Yeah. I go to the doctor to ask him what's wrong with me. Mm. And I think that is what we should be doing with people who are experts in their field is asking them how they can help us, mm-hmm. not telling them this is how I want it because we're doing ourselves a disservice in that. And whilst the customer is still the customer and the customer is our reason for being, and we should not forget that as a business or as people, that, that we are here to serve that customer. But we are also here to advise them and guide them. The customer is always king, not always right. I'm with that. I'm totally with that. Are you back at the office? Is the Euphoria team now totally virtual? Are you doing flexi time? What's your strategy post this lockdown period and the new world we're working in? How is the team operating today? We started moving back to the office. We've all been working remotely, except for a very few key staff members who are controlling stock and things like that. Our Johannesburg branch is in the process of actually moving. Oh. Um, so we're kind of like, we're going back to the office. Wait, 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 wait. We're not going back to the office. Wait, wait a moment. We're, we're going back to the office next month. So we're, we're looking forward to a brand new space in four ways. And awesome. um, uh, Take a look out for the sun. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Stop in, have a cup of coffee. It's awesome. I, I'm actually doing this podcast from four ways. So I may just take you up on that coffee as long as you're good coffee. My regular viewers will know that I haven't done my coffee announcement today because it's a sad day, Nick. I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water and... Uh, I have no excuse for it. I just wasn't prepared for the podcast and I didn't get a cup of coffee. So I'm, I'm a little bit sad with myself. Nick, getting back to you in Euphoria and taking the customers on this journey, what's the biggest surprise you've had in this industry in uh, the last six months? What's, what's given you a bit of a wake-up, shake-up? Well, I can possibly give you two extremes on that one. Yes. The one is that people are still signing themselves into 60-month contracts with banks. I thought we'd got over this, people. I really did. I thought, why on earth would you want to do that to yourselves and your business? And I came across that the other day. And I, I mean, I don't, they don't let me out much being that I'm on the technical <laughs> side of things. So, and I did have the privilege of chatting to a customer and I was just, and they were like, but you know, I've got this quote on, and I'm like, what on earth are you thinking? So that was the one thing that did surprise me. The other thing that is, very relevant is that telephony is evolving. Telephony services are evolving. And we need to, as a business, evolve with them. You know, there's a lot of conversations that people are having around how do you integrate your systems with other systems? How do you add more channels that people can get hold of you? How do you get more value? And all of these conversations are ongoing and they spin off in vastly different directions, I might add. But more and more people are saying, you know, I want to be able to chase that customer experience. I want okay. my people to be able to answer the phone, hi, Nick, rather than, hi, good morning, can I help you? Yeah, I mean, that's been the holy grail since I was working in call centers. We want that personalized mass touch. Are you talking about doing seamless handovers from one channel to another mid-conversation? Is it getting that extreme? 
Well, uh, talking about between applications, yes, definitely, you know, getting the integrations right and going, particularly in the call center space of getting things up and going and say, right, I want to be able to greet you by name. I want to, you know, if, if you're phoning into a restaurant and they say to you, uh, Good afternoon, Daniel. I see you ordered a Regina pizza last time. Would you like to order that again? Or is it something okay. you I can get you? Okay. You know, then you're going, well, I feel special. You know, these yes. people know yes. who I am and what I like. And that's really the customer experience that you're chasing. That's in the call center space, I think. And please, let's not get too distracted with that because the small business owner may go, but I don't have a call center. Why would I want that? And the, our biggest message over the last 18 months has yeah. got to have been it's not necessarily call center. It's productivity. Okay. It's call okay. center for everybody. The yeah. thing that made us be able to go and send our people home and be able to work is my people log in every single day. I know when they're sitting at their yeah. desk. I know when they're not. I know when they've gone on lunch. I'm, you know, and without having eyes on somebody, it starts becoming very difficult to understand their productivity and what they're doing with their time. Mm-hmm. If you had to write a management summary one, two, three guide for customers to get this right, what would your first three chapters be about? Understand what your customers want, understand what your people are doing, and understand where your money is going. Ooh, I like that. That would be my opening salvos. And that comes back to varying things within telephony systems and things like reporting. Ooh. And reporting prompting action. I mean, if your reporting is not talking to you to do something, why are you getting the report? Correct. Okay. So if you have to log in, log into a system and draw a report to see something, you're probably not going to do it very often. Mm. If mm. it's being sent to you, if it's flagging you and going, hey, pay attention to this, well, then, then it's being more, a little bit more useful. You know, okay. if you're walking into your sales meeting on a Monday morning and not asking people, how many phone calls did you make last week, guys? If you're going, guys, what happened? Yeah. Oh, guys, that was yeah. fantastic. You smashed it out the park, you know. Mm-hmm. And then taking it a step further and going, not just how many phone calls did you make, but understanding what happened in those okay. phones. Okay. You know, and is Euphoria doing that for customers? Are you seeing the light turn on for customers when you put the system in place? What happens? What are the three steps when you go in and change systems? Changing the people's mindset okay. is probably the biggest step. So the technical implementation, well, that's generally quite easy. Okay. It's, it's cloud-based. You roll it out. You upload config you blah, 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 blah. It can, that can be done in a matter yeah. of hours porting of numbers and stuff like that well that's beyond a little bit of our control that takes time because there's processes in place for that yeah. but the, it's the actual getting people into a mindset that says you know what you can understand and see and work with the outcomes not just hey we we as a business received a thousand phone calls yesterday okay but what were they Yes. What happened? Yes. You as a business owner, you as an executive, if I can say that my business received a thousand phone calls yesterday and 800 of those were successes. Now, what, you know, different businesses have different interpretations of success. You could be a sales company, so there could be a sale. You could be a, oh, you could be a debt collection company that, yeah. that somebody promised to pay. You could be an electrician and somebody called you yeah. on site. Yeah. You took an order. You know, businesses all have some success criteria, but you as a business owner, 
you are receiving thousands of emails a day. You're probably receiving hundreds, if not thousands of phone calls a day. Oh. Why? Yeah. What are those yeah. phone calls about? Because if you're not looking at your teams and going, okay, my admin team received 50 phone calls today. What were those 50 phone calls? Oh, 49 of them were billing queries. Okay, but why? Why was, what was wrong with our billing that 49 people are querying our billing? Yeah. Because that's taking time. That's taking resources. That's, mm. that's understanding what your people are doing and what your capacity mm. planning looks like mm. in terms of human capital and human mm. resources and, mm. you know, understanding where this needs to go and understanding mm. the weak points because your customers are telling you the weak points in your business. Mm. And you take them through that process. Is that one of the services that Euphoria, are you seeing people take that up? Are they open to listen to this if you've taken them on? We're seeing a lot more people when they're talking to us about the call center component, the agent component, mm. the, the mm. product, productivity management component of the system going, okay, uh, what can I do with it? Why would I okay. want that? Okay. Ah, right. Let me help you here. Okay. And if you had to say, what is the biggest challenge that your industry is facing right now? What do you think it is? Our customers are under pressure. Our customers are under extreme pressure. Okay. And we've seen a lot of companies over the last 18 okay. months downsize, some close their doors. And that is just an unfortunate state of being is that we are in, in a crisis. Okay. And they need to manage every cent that they can get. And this is one okay. where we can look at some sort of savings. They definitely should be looking at savings, but okay. they should also be looking at their productivity. Okay. I had a customer not too long ago who wanted to upscale into the call center component because they, they were having these, these guys on the phone taking orders, things like that. And, they, and, and the, the business owner came to me and he said to me, I'm just, I'm concerned about increasing my costs because, you know, times are tough right now. Yeah. And I sat down with him and I said to him, okay, let me work out the numbers for you. And I said yeah. to him, with doing a bit of calculations, I said to him, you need a 2% productivity improvement from your guys, from your agents, in order to pay for this. What if I gave you 30? Wow. He said to me, that would knock my socks off. I said to him, okay, then let's run with this and let's see what I can deliver you. And we delivered him a 56% productivity improvement. Wow. Well, because he didn't think about the fact that it could even be in the realm of possibility. He, so he, he had never seen it. Just, it's not just a conversation about saving you money. It's also a conversation about how do we make you money? Yes. You know? Yes. Okay. Nick, we've been chatting just for about 35 minutes here. I want to ask you three specific questions and then a fourth one I'm going to throw in just random. What's coming in the next six months that you're most excited about from a technological innovation perspective, if you can talk about it? Oh, that's a tough one. We actually have a bunch of stuff on the horizon right now that is it's all very exciting. Okay. If I had to pick one thing in particular, yes. I would pick scoring, which sounds like a very random thing for a telephony company okay. to be talking about. But scoring is not... Scoring is something that all people go, oh, there's quality assurance. Yes, so yeah, people are listening to the phone calls and, and seeing whether the, the agents are being compliant and if they're talking nicely to the customer. Okay. And, and that's why it's not called QA. 
Okay. It's called scoring because scoring is something that can be used, I believe, by virtually any company out there and in yeah. very many ways. So, so what does it do? It allows you to create scorecards. It allows you to attach media to that. It allows you to then give it to people to complete. So what are the business use cases for it? Well, you could use that to disseminate information. You want to train your sales team on a new product that you're launching. Well, how do you do it? You make a video, you attach an exam to it, you send it out, you go, okay, guys, let's see how well you, how much you absorbed here. That's use case number one. And it's probably the smallest use case. You want to do things like performance management. You want to do your reviews that come up every single year. You want to review people. Well, you can do that with scoring too. Mm. You want to do training of your staff to see how they're doing. We do it internally with our support teams and our admin teams. When they're talking to customers, how should you be talking to customers? No. Is there a way you could have handled that better? You know, that's soft skills coaching. You can do that too. So yes, you know, going on to the compliance as well and going, you know, is this a really a sale that you tick all the boxes? You ask the guy's ID number because mm. particularly when you get into financial services, there's a lot of boxes you need to tick mm. and people need to be very careful of it. But even beyond that, we employ our scoring module within our onboarding teams as well to go and sit with a customer on sign-off and go, did we get this right? Did you do this? Did it have all these things? How do you feel about it? You know, and that then feeds back into the system and says, how do we improve? Mm. Awesome. What's your launch date for that? When do you think that's going to be around? I would say January. I'm hoping before we are piloting it with a couple of customers at this moment in time, but hopefully to the great market this year, but I, I can say January. We love innovation. You heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. We love that. Awesome. Good luck with that, Nick. I, I wish you and the dev team all the success with your pilots, and I hope you're getting all the negative stuff out the way so you have a seamless launch. The next thing, um, you probably focused on that, so this will answer the question. What's your focus for the next 12 weeks as CTO? Our focus for the next 12 weeks is to wrap up. We set out a plan, a roadmap for this year, and we want to wrap up as much of that. We've done well this year. The guys have worked really hard. I am very proud of them. Everybody needs some downtime, so we want to wrap up a bunch of that, make sure that we're not leaving anything in limbo, and I'd like to see the guys have a, have a good rest and come back strong in the new year. Brilliant. That's awesome. Then my second last question for you, what advice do you have for other CTOs who are considering their telephony environment? What advice do you have to them to get it right? Ask, ask, what are you doing for me? Okay. What can you do for me? Okay. So ask the, the new stuff. Oh, well, ask, what can you do for me? What, what value are you adding to me? Okay. All right. Because well, if the guy's not answering that, then he's still thinking 10 years back. So how do people get hold of you or your sales team? Is it on the website or where do we find you? In four ways. Uh, you can find us in four ways in our Joburg branch. You can find us in Cape Town. and our Cape Town branch, we do have resellers as well around the country. So I, th I would suggest reach out on the website. That will give you the, the closest contact numbers, email addresses, telephone numbers, all the bits and bobs there. There are even some chat channels and things like that that you can get us on to. Brilliant. You're drinking your own champagne. I like that. That's really good. So my last question for you, Nick, before we wrap up, if you were running this podcast, what question would you have liked to have asked me? Where do you see euphoria in five years? Where do you see euphoria in five years? 
I am very pleased to say that we are starting our global expansion at this point in time. We are launching in the UK and we have a plan for the next five years to be completely global and touching all the major markets. Wow. And we believe that there's a lot of value that we can not just add to South Africa, we can add to people globally because I think there's a lot of the same challenges and there's a lot of the same mentality out there. Wow, that is so exciting. South African companies paving the way to the bigger market. I, again, I wish you even more success. I hope that goes so well. And I hope you stay based and grounded in four ways and don't uh, just move offshore. Although it's tempting, you know, the economy is good, but the foreign exchange is even better. Good luck to you and the team for that. Nick, you've been a very gracious guest. It's been really lovely to get to know you. Your CV is long, but your ego is small. I've enjoyed having you answer the questions. And I imagine your team gets a lot of that comfort from you. And thanks for that. It's been really interesting. I'm going to wrap up from my side, Daniel Robus, the host for the Tech Central podcast. I'm going to say thank you, Nick. Have a beautiful summer's day. And uh, yeah, good luck for December. Thank you. Bye-bye.